Hey everyone, welcome to the Americana Station podcast. Um, we got a new host. How are you doing, India? I'm doing good. Thanks for having. Yeah. So um, tell me, tell me how the first interview with Hannah Juanita went. Oh, it went great. Um, it's one of the things I'm really enjoying about doing this with you is um, discovering how much I have in common with other musicians. Um, like the the two interviews that I've done so far, like I've had so much in common with the artists and we've just kind of like talked like we've known each other since we were kids. So it was really fun. That's awesome. Um, and you got some news. You got some news that you just announced today, actually. Yes. And I've known about it for like three, maybe four weeks. And, you know, I haven't been able to announce it because We've been waiting on Americana Fest to give us permission, but I have an official showcase in this year's Americana Fest. It'll be my second time to play the festival, um, and I am beyond honored. Like, I don't even, I don't even, it doesn't even feel real. <laughs> yeah, excited. that's so exciting. Uh, what day, what day? Um, my showcase is September 23rd at the basement at 11 p.m. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really, that, um, really fun. I think I saw you share uh, the the five spot thing. I was at um, Adrian and Meredith's CD release last night. Um, oh, that was the, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I wish that I could have made it down there to see them. I love those guys. Yeah. That, that's, uh, they were great. They had the whole horn section and everything. I took some photos. Uh, that's fantastic. A lot of fun. But you just, you were on the road too, huh? Recently. Yeah, we we just did like a little um, run because like we wanted to kind of see what it's like out there before we booked like 20 dates or something. So we did like four dates in Indiana and Illinois. And I think it was the most fun and the best tour run I've ever done. And I wish that we had had like 20 dates. Um, but like right when I got back home, all the Delta variant stuff was flaring up again, for lack of a better phrase. And um, so yeah. like, I don't, I, we're, we're sort of like waiting to see what happens before we book anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Um, yeah. Okay. So I guess I'm going to say some of the, the people that are coming up on the podcast. Uh, you just, this, this episode is Hannah Juanita. Mm-hmm. We've got, um, uh, Corby Lanker is coming up on the podcast. Todd Tillman, um, Stephanie, Aaron Whitmer, and uh, and then you just interviewed Alvin. Is it Garrett? Alvin Garrett. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. How? So you said it's really like you feel like you've known these people a long time, and it's been fun to connect. How's like? Have you been? <laughs> I know sometimes it's like last minute for me, and like I don't get to listen to the album as much and <laughs> they can usually tell um, <laughs> but I, I've noticed that you've, you've really put a lot of effort into it was it like fun like getting to know the artist before you actually spoke to them and- yes absolutely um like once you know once you get the bio or whatever from their PR person or their manager or something like that I mean for me like the the information in the bio kind of piques my curiosity to find out more about them. So I ended up, you know, Googling um, both Hannah and Alvin and just sort of like finding 
everything and anything that I could about them beyond what, you know, the little blurb that we were sent. And um, it kind of, you know, like sent me down a really fun rabbit hole because I discovered more of their music and more of their story. And um, it gave me more, you know, more to talk to them about. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's super cool too. Like you said, you feel like you get to really know these people and like some of the people like I'm friends with on Facebook now, and I'm like looking forward to seeing it at Americana Fest. Cause you know, most of these people I've interviewed, I haven't seen in person. I've just interviewed them. Yeah. Um, and there's, yeah, there's um, some guys from like the East coast that I've interviewed that I'm looking forward to. Hopefully they'll be at Americana Fest and getting to, to meet them that have been on the podcast. And it's just really cool to like, my, my favorite thing about this is just like meeting new people and, and connecting with them and, and learning their story. Cause it, it is similar, you know, like all the hardships, we all have similar hardships and similar struggles that we're going through and, and mm-hmm. we're all doing the same thing. And so it's really cool to get to know some of these people and Hannah Juanita's new records. Freaking good. Yeah. I'm kind of obsessed with it now. And, and that's, that's another thing that I'm really thankful for and getting to this opportunity to do this with you is, um, I'm kind of a, I'm, I'm a stubborn ass about discovering new music unless somebody makes me. Cause I just, I get in a, I know what I like, you know, and I, I rarely am like, Oh, what's that? You know, unless I know somebody like, like I have a lot of musician friends and I'm always into their new stuff, but I'm not like actively going out to find people that I've never heard of before. Um, and this sort of like makes me do that. And I'm, really thankful because I'm getting exposed to all this incredibly awesome music that I wouldn't have found on my own. Yeah. Yeah. And it's cool too, because like we get to hear all the pitches and then like, if you're like, yeah, that actually is good. Then you get to dig in. So it's really cool to hear new stuff and like really actually be a fan of it, which is super cool. Yeah. Thank you. I'm so happy that you're doing this. It means the world to me because, you know, uh, being the the solo person doing it it gets it can it can get you know overwhelming and so it's nice to have a a new host on board so thank you so much for doing that well i appreciate your patience with me like learning how to use computers and the internet (laughs) and (laughs) since i I did not learn in the 90s and (laughs) so i i appreciate your your tutelage of course of course um what tell tell everybody your social media so they can follow you. Oh yeah, um, I'm I'm on uh, Facebook. I've got a band page. It's India Ramey. Um, I think it's India Ramey Music, and my Instagram is India Ramey Music. And I'm on Twitter. It's you know just myself, India Ramey. Um, and Twitter took away my little blue check for some reason. What? Yeah. So like I don't feel legitimate anymore. But. Um, you know, did you go to Twitter jail or something? Follow me anyway. Yeah, I probably did. I probably <laughs> like it was probably back when I was just like trolling Donald Trump on a daily basis. <laughs> they were like, okay, we're gonna take away your blue check. Um, but you know, I hope to get it back one day. <laughs> it's such a like a, a pointless thing. It means nothing. Like yes. Like people who have like 200 followers have a blue check, and then somebody who has like half a million doesn't it doesn't it's it seems so pointless (laughs) yeah it's pretty dumb and the the application process for it is pretty arbitrary because like like my manager tried to go back in and you know get my blue check back and um it's like we need six pieces from credible press sources in the it's like in the past like six months or whatever 
And I'm like, you know, we were like, well, my album came out a year ago. And so like our press is like not recent enough for Twitter. <laughs> so it's, it's very arbitrary and, yeah. and very dumb, but I like to make jokes about it. <laughs> and what is like a credible source anyway? Right. Like what? Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> who knows Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's hear about uh, Hannah Juanita. Um, Hannah Juanita is a force of nature. Uh, like her, this album is, it sounds like she's been doing this, like making albums and being a recording artist a lot longer than she has. Like she, she presents as a veteran um, country artist. And um, she's got like a really confident, self-realized quality about her that I really um, admire a lot. And at the same time, you know, she's like somebody, some girl that I went to high school with, you know, like she's like somebody that I grew up down the street from or something like that. And she's got like a, I told her in our, in our interview that she has such an ability to like, to write very well and very structured and, uh, and very studied. But at the same time, she knows when to kind of drop that perfectionist ball and just let the phrase or the term just kind of flop out there and, and just like in pure honesty. And um, that's something that I really admire about her writing. All right, so um, India Ramey here with Hannah Juanita. And um, Hannah, I've been, I've spent a week with your album um, oh, cool. and I spent a really long time with it yesterday. <laughs> and um, I don't even know where to start. Um, th this is, so I've been immersing myself in honky tonk music, like through COVID and all that. Like I go on a walk every day for an hour and, um, I listen to everything from Marty Robbins to Buck Owens to Patsy Cline, you know, and, and even to like honky tonk, like revival stuff, like, um, the Virginian by Nico Case. And so like, I've really been in this headspace myself for about a year, okay. um, like just a deep immersion into it. And so whenever I heard your album, it was sort of like fed that, that I was already, you know, that I was already into. And I, I was um, really happy to hear it because that's where cool. I am right now. And, um, and what I love about it too, um, it's, it's hard for me to figure out where to start. Like when I, I mean, I love the whole sound of it, but one of, one of the things that I really love about it is how honest and fearless your um, lyric writing is. And you're doing this uh, modern narrative to this really old time sound. So I want to talk about this album, Hardliner, and um, let's start by uh, you telling me how you approached it. How did you, how did you get here? How did you come to making Hardliner? Um, well, it was a long time coming. I mean, it's my first record. Um, and I mean, it really started kind of back in Washington State, actually, um, I used to live out there for, uh, for years and, 
I kind of just like fell on hard times personally, you know, emotionally and things. Um, things were not just, I wasn't very happy at that time. And I started writing country songs. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I, when I started, I wasn't like, I'm going to write an album, you know, like I'm going to write this whole record. I didn't right. like write each song, you know, I just was writing, you know, all, all the time at that point. Right. And then, and after I left um, Washington and came back to the South and I was living in Asheville, North Carolina, and I was gigging a lot out there and I was writing a ton. And, um, I think I just, just what was going on in my life. There was just like about a year and a half of a lot of writing all the time. And then from there, I kind of, uh, once I'd been in Nashville for a little while and I felt ready to start recording, I, um, kind of went through, I mean, I had like a master list of songs. I think I had like close to 30 songs or something like that. And so I kind of picked through and chose the ones that I wanted to be on the record. So, um, so were you, when you were writing all this material, like, I guess it was like over a progression of some years and like, I I know I find writing super therapeutic. Yeah. Was was that sort of what it was for you during that time? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause when I, when I started writing out in Washington, uh, you know, I've written, you know, periodically through my life, you know, always, but this the most recent times where I've really gotten back into writing and haven't really stopped. Um, yeah, it was like, I was angry and sad and miserable and lonely and like all these like kind of feeling, you know, kind of bad feelings. Um, and so, yeah, it was really therapeutic to write and kind of get things out. And, um, and I feel like now, like on my journey with writing, it feels the more and more, the more and more I write, it's like, how do I, you know, write from my heart, but also write, you know, write well, and it not just be like a waterfall of emotions coming out, you know, yeah. and like, you know, being critical about, about my writing and kind of going back and editing. I really love like editing is like one of my favorite parts about writing. I love editing. I love working on other people's songs too, that they already have going. I, I do too. I like That's to do that fun. too. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of a, I, I like to pick at things and see, yeah. like take a good thing and see how you can make it better. Um, and you can tell like in, in your songs that, that you have a, um, a knack for that. Um, and I mean, really when I say like fearless too, though, there are, there are lyrics where you just kind of just lay it out there. And, and I, and I, I really can't think of a better way to say it than just like to <laughs> plop it out there, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's, and like at, I, I think that that's refreshing that, you know, lyrics like that are just like so honest and in the moment. Um, so I think that you do a really great job of like balancing, you know, the careful writing and, um, you know, trying to trying to make it all fit and trying to make a point, but also, mm-hmm. you know, just coming from a real place and, yeah. and, and not, and, and kind of like letting yourself not think, well, is there a, more poetic way that I could say that, or is there a, sure, a more yeah. general way that I could say that, you know, like it's, it, I think to me that that's like one of the standout things about your lyric writing is um, how you're just able to, to lay it out there. Cool. So I'm like, I'm, I admire that about yeah. you. Like, I, I, you know, like as a writer myself, I'm like, 
Um, when I don't know, whenever you whenever you listen to somebody else's writing and they t- they're a little bit braver than you are, or they're um, you know, like my my buddy Ravon's a little bit more imaginative than I am sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It's always really inspiring to hear somebody else doing it a little bit differently, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, so uh and sorry, like my enthusiasm about your album is like probably taking over this whole interview. But yeah, that's, that's awesome. it's, it's really Great. good. It's really good. And and I, I'm like my husband, if my husband would tell we're here, he would tell you that I'm I don't normally flip out over new <laughs> new things. Like I, I like I have a very uh critical ear. Like I, I kind of like bother myself with that a little bit, but yeah, but I really, I really love this album. Oh, um and I'm like, so I've read, I've read um, some of the, I've read some interviews that you've already done and I've read some of the, um, the material that, that, uh, that you guys sent out to just kind of like tell what the album is about and tell what you are about. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that I noticed was that nineties country sort of like plays into um, into like your writing style. So tell me about that. Well, that was just the main music that I was raised on, um, is nineties country, Me too. <laughs> you know, like way more than anything else. <laughs> so yeah. And I love it. And I, so it's almost like, I can't really even help it. It's just in there, you know? And like, I feel like, you know, Natalie from the Dixie chicks or the chicks now, and, you know, Martina McBride and, and Shania Twain, you know, it's like those, I feel like they're who, you know, taught me to sing originally, you know, and like, yeah, just <clears throat> belting it out with the nineties country was a big part of my <laughs> childhood. Yeah. Um, so it's like, that's, I think that's just a natural kind of thing for my music. I think, <clears throat> especially with the first record that made a lot of sense and I'm not surprised that it kind of came out mm-hmm. in my writing or that people can see that. Was it, was nineties country, like, like when I was, I grew up in, um, Northeast Alabama. So kind of close to Chattanooga, um, like lookout mountain, sand mountain kind of area. And so like, it seemed like, you know, the, the only radio stations you could get were like either classic rock or country. Yeah. And was it that way for you? Yeah. US 101. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's like, that was the only radio. Yeah. That was the one radio station. It was like the one the best country radio station. And then it, the rest was, yeah, like rock and also like contemporary Christian radio was, uh-huh. was definitely there. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like it was like contemporary Christian rock and yeah. Country. And I, Shania. And, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <I'm not. laughs> yeah, I, I get it. I get it. So what made you leave um, Chattanooga? I mean, I, I think just like my curiosity, you know, in general, like I had my whole family's from that area. I was born and raised there, you know, my whole life. And so, you know, I wanted to go to, I wanted to go to college and, um, and slash, I felt like I had to go to college. Um, and so I did like an, you know, in-state tuition kind of state school kind of thing but I I always wanted to travel like I just wanted to go somewhere different I wanted to see different things I wanted to be around different kind of people I wanted to feel different you know 
And like being from Chattanooga, it's like, especially, you know, when I was growing up, it was, you know, it felt small and, you know, it, you know, it's not, it's just, I guess it's a small city, but I wanted, you know, I wanted to like go to a big city and I wanted to like, you know, just explore and just do different things. So I just decided, yeah, I ended up going to Portland, Oregon. So it's just completely different. I love that. I have Wanderlust too. So, and, you know, kind of similar upbringing. So I I completely relate, like there's a big old world out there and you're like, and you're like, I'm wasting time. I got to get out there. Yeah. I was like, (laughs) I had to know about it. I was like, what is, (laughs) what is going on in the rest of the world? Yeah. (laughs) So, um, I read in your bio that, um, that you spent some time working on a pot farm during the time that you were wandering around. Um, was that in Washington? Or was that in Oregon? Um, no, I worked in, um, I worked on a lot of different pot farms, but they're mostly in California and Oregon mm-hmm. in Northern California and Oregon. And, um, and then, you know, I, the last several years that I worked, it was just, just in Oregon. Yeah. So what was that like? Um, wet and cold. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so you were like out in the field harvesting weed, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, harvesting and, and, you know, trimming it and, and, and things like that. So there's, there's a lot, there's a few different steps to the process, but yeah, I mean, I was just doing like, you know, you know, farm work. It's a little different when it's weed. There's a little more specific things, you know, about it, you know, making sure that you got to hang the plant, you got to make sure it's dry. Mm-hmm. you know, before, unless you're doing a wet trim, but no, normally we're doing dry trims. So, you know, yeah, it's a lot of doing the same thing. Like once harvest is done, like once all the plants are done, then it's like literally, um, you're doing the same thing all day long. You know, yeah. you're, you're trimming the the buds and, um, you know, listen to a lot of music, <laughs> listen to a lot of podcasts, yeah, have a lot yeah. of weird conversations. You get to know the people in your trim circle. Yeah, really well. And, you know, luckily, you know, and that's, you know, the more I, the the longer I did it, you know, it's seasonal, you know, so it's like, for me, like I always did it seasonally, it was just kind of in the fall kind of thing. And so, Mm -hmm. like, you get to, the more I did it, the better, you know, each year was kind of a better situation, you know, and it was like, you know, closer and closer friends. And so, but, you know, by the my last few years, it was like, you know, I had a good situation with good people, you know, I wasn't stuck in a room with people I didn't want to be around, you know, because right. that's a little bit too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. But that was, you know, it's so different now. Like the money isn't the same and, <clears throat> you know, so I don't know, I, I wouldn't do it now. Nowadays it's very, it's just different, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's definitely ex- an experience. And I think it's, I don't know if it's glamorized or maybe just like fantasized about, but yeah, like it's kind of, it's cool and it's also not all that it's cracked up to be. <laughs> well, I think it's I think it's just interesting, you know, like that it's not that it's not a typical thing that you hear from somebody where they're like, I don't know, like when I was in my 20s, I just, you know, yeah. worked on some pot farms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like, something. you know, yeah, and us being, you know, being from the south and everything and like us living here, it's like when you're out there, it's way more, you know, normalized I guess yeah. you know yeah. a lot of these small towns in Oregon and, and Northern California it's like that's everyone is doing that like, right it's weird if you're not doing that yeah you I know? mean like like my mom when my mom was getting married <laughs> my dad in um Silver Creek Georgia she wanted to 
make a bunch of money so that she could buy like, you know, these fancy things from Frederick's for her trousseau. And, <laughs> and she went and she went and picked cotton, um, okay, you yeah. know, all fall at so-and-so's farm down the road, you know, yeah. and pick cotton. So like, I imagine like that was so normal back in the day. Right. And it sounds like it's just the same thing, like out West. You know, it is. And a part of it is, is like the seasonal thing and the immersion factor where you can like, <clears throat> excuse me, you can kind of buckle down for a period of time and like work your ass off. And then you end up with like a bunch of money at the end of it to last. Yeah. And that's like kind of how I was in my twenties a lot where I was just like, I would like work really hard for a certain amount of time and be like, and then I get to just chill for a while and ramble and play music or do whatever I want, you know? And so I would kind of work. I would, I did a lot of seasonal work like that for that reason, because I could have my freedom, you know, after I'd kind of like crack down for like three months and be yeah. like 14 hour days, you know, yeah. like long immersion type work and then be free. Afterwards. <laughs> that's really cool. Like I, that's, um, you know, that's sounds like so much a uh, better time spent than, you know, like me, like I went to law school and I'm not using that now. <laughs> I should have done that. We should have been friends. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm reading too that you learned to play guitar at 13. Yeah, I um, I just wanted to start taking lessons. I don't know. That's awesome. Yeah, looking back, I, I don't, I have no idea like what really made me want to start doing that. I wasn't really in much of a musical family. My grandfather kind of played. He did, I mean, he did play. Um, you know, I remember sun, on Sundays and after lunch, like him picking the guitar and stuff, but we never really, we never played together. It was, you know, after he passed that I, that I started playing and I have his guitar um, that I learned on, um, which is pretty cool. Um, I love that. Yeah. I love that. I'm, I was real close to my granddaddy too. And he was sort of my music inspiration. So yeah. I, I understand that. Yeah. I would give anything to be able to play with him. Some old bluegrass or gospel or something like that. But Girl, me too. <laughs> <laughs> me too. I, I wish I had him back so I could be yeah. like, look, I finally learned. You know? I know, right? <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I just randomly wanted to start taking lessons. And my parents, you know, luckily were, you know, we're down with that. And they... They hooked me up and yeah, I took lessons, I think from when I was like 13 until I started driving. And when I like turned 16, I was like, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to be cool. I'm grown. (laughs) I'm a grown woman. So yeah. Well, I always, I always thought that too. Like, and I've realized that I'm still not a grown woman. So, you know, (laughs) (laughs) we think we know. (laughs) Well, um, so I have so much to ask you, but, um, so I'm trying to keep it all straight in my head, but, um, now that we're talking about music and you playing and how, like you started playing, how did you get to know the, the folks that played on Hardliner? Because these are some seriously like crazy good musicians. Mm -hmm. Like I'm dying listening to these guitars. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that's, you know, that's Nashville for you. Like, that's why a lot of people go to Nashville is the, you know, the caliber of musician, especially in the country world is just really top notch. Um, mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I'm proud to call all the people on my record friends of mine. Um, Mose Wilson is the guitarist. He played Telly on the whole album. He's um, he also helped me 
produced the record. He's pretty much co-producer with me. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so he's, <clears throat> he's been a, yeah, a big influence on me and we've worked together a lot and still do. And, um, so he is the main person on the record. Jeff Henderson's on bass and, and Neil, uh, Neil Jones of American Aquarium is mm-hmm. on steel. That'll steal all these people. Like they're just friends of mine from the honky tonk, you know, and they're just amazing players. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have a couple of drummers, Chris Weisbecker on drums. He also helped produce the record some and engineer. Mm-hmm. Um, and Ryan Elwell's on drums, Katie Blomar's on bass. I have, <coughs> I think there's probably a few more people on it, but oh, yeah, Josephine Missioner on fiddle. And they're all local Nashville players. Um, <clears throat> I hired a couple people from San Antonio on the Tejano, kind of the the accordion trumpet yeah, song. Those, I love that one. Yeah, both those guys are, Percy Cardona is on the um, accordion. They're both from San Antonio. Okay. Well, that's, um, that's really, so these are just like people that you just met, like going to like Honky Tonk Tuesday. Yeah, going to Honky Tonk Tuesday. They're just friends of mine, you know, that, yeah, that I see and then I've started playing with and then I had a, you know, um, I liked their playing and they wanted to play with me. So I hired them for my record and um, a lot, you know, like most, most of the people on my record, I still play with live also, which is really cool and yeah. not as common, I guess. Um, <clears throat> so, um, yeah, that's yeah, like how it worked this time, you know, like it might not, may not always you know, be like that in the future, but it's like, they're, they're pals of mine and we hang and hang and play, you know? So. Yeah. It's, it sounds like you had a similar experience to me. Like when I moved to Nashville, I I thought that it was going to be really scary and it was going to be hard to get to know people. And it was to a certain extent because I'm, a, I'm like excruciatingly introverted Okay. So I always feel like Josie Grossy when I show up to Honky Tonk Tuesday or yeah. <laughs> with you, um, but uh, I, I'm getting better at that. But, um, but what I found was when you come to Nashville, um, everybody's so nice yeah. and, and there's, there's not a lot of, especially like, you know, out here on the East side, it's not super clicky and people are nice. Like if right. you ask, if you find, you know, these world-class musicians like you did and you say, Hey, we, I want you to play on my album or do you want to play with me at my gig at the five spot or whatever, if they're free and, and you can give them a little bit of scratch, they're they're like, yeah, like, yeah, man, I'd love to (laughs) because everybody loves playing music. So is that sort of have been your experience too? Yeah. Um, Yeah, I love, I was just saying yesterday in another interview, like how it's not really like a competitive environment, like you might expect it to be, you know, before you get in here or something like that. It's really friendly. Um, Yeah. And, and it's like, mostly like you were saying, yeah, people love playing music and there's definitely, I, you know, people that have to, you know, they're so busy working that they have to you know, pick and choose between the best gigs, you know, monetarily, unless it's just something that they get to do. But that's, that is the beauty. I feel like a lot of musicians, you know, have all their, their money gigs, and then they know how they're really making their, their living. And then they get these other options, you know, on the side, that's things that they just want to do for fun that, you know, they'll make some money, you know, but it's like things, people that they really want to play with, you know? Yeah. So that's really cool. And people are really friendly. Like you were saying, 
you know, I think it's Nashville. I think it's Tennessee. Like I, because I was gone for so long and like coming back from the West coast, like, and I went to Asheville, um, I was staying in North Carolina for several months and, you know, like, I don't know. There was something about coming back to Tennessee and like everyone being so friendly. The first, like I was driving through and I made sure to come through on a Tuesday night because I wanted to go to Honky Tonk Tuesday. And I made more friends in that one night than I did in six months in Asheville, North Carolina. (laughs) And it's just crazy. I don't know if it's just because I'm from here. And so I just kind of click with people or something. And, you know, even though Nashville is like, pretty almost a trans complete transplant city you know at this point in time but I don't know there is just a friendly um atmosphere here and like hey how you doing just even just just little things it's just like people generally walk around more with a smile on their face you know I completely agree and I'm I'm glad we're both here (laughs) yeah yeah it's just a warm it's a warm environment you know yeah I I completely agree um so Let's talk about, I want to talk about the video for Our Love Is Done. Okay. I love that video. It's so fun. And I want to know how you put it together and who shot it and all that. Just tell me about it. Yeah. So I, you know, that was just, that was a really fun uh, brainstorming um, ideas. I don't know. I just kind of thought of the whole, like, I wanted a outdoor kind of living room vibe or like kind mm-hmm. of bedroom vibe, um, partly because of like, like living on the pot farms. Like I've lived outside a lot in, yeah. in my 20s and just like, you know, the land that I, that I owned, like we didn't really, we didn't have running water or electricity or, or anything like that. And, you know, when I was on the pot farms, like I lived in tents mostly and sometimes the tents were really nice, but mm-hmm. it's like, I kind of wanted to combine like the nice, like kind of like luxury feeling with the outdoor setting. Um, so that's kind of how it started. And then the idea sort of just rolled from there because I went over actually Sierra. So Sierra Farrell was living at, that was her house at the time. And uh-huh. a few, like I have like four friends that live in that house. And, um, I remember going over there for the first time and seeing the trailer that was already there in the backyard. And I was like, I, this is where I want to shoot the, shoot the video. Oh, that was already there. Oh, that wow. was already there. The, like what we call the hillbilly hot tub, that big galvanized. Yeah. Galvanized. I think that was already there. It was like upside down and like had, I don't know what they were doing with it, but we had to, <laughs> we had to like patch it up. Like we patched it up with duct tape. because <laughs> And like, I'd had that on my list for days of like, I've got to figure that out. I got to figure out that hole. And then like, if we got to the day of, and we hadn't done anything about it. And I literally had some <laughs> leopard, uh, cheetah print or something like duct tape and, uh, patched the hole up and it held and it was great. And that totally works if you ever <laughs> need That's to That's awesome. And so these um, were all the, all the girls in the video, they're all just buddies of yours. They're all friends. Yeah. Friends and dancers. Like a lot of people that I know from you know, going to the Legion or going to the local before when, you know, Timbo and Chris Scuggs were playing there a lot and we'd go and dance. And, um, so they're like dancing buddies, a lot of them and, um, fellow musicians and things like that. And yeah, just my close girlfriends. And, um, yeah, that, so I just wanted it to be like women kind of commiserating a little bit together for it to be silly and fun and, um, kind of sassy and, yeah, so that was shot by Michelle Kowalski. Mm-hmm. Um, her company is called Killer Kowalski Productions, and she's 
She's always been based out of New Orleans. She's actually um, based out of Nashville at the moment. She's, she's, I think she's doing kind of both Nashville and New Orleans mm-hmm. um, a lot. And um, I've shot a couple music videos with her. She she works with a lot of different people. She tries to work with mostly women just because she wants to. And um, yeah, that was one of the best days of my life for sure is how I like to I, what it's I really fun. What I like about it too is like once again, it's it's very honest because like you know, I, I don't know if if most guys know this, but like when when a bunch of when a gaggle of girls gets together <laughs> and we start getting a little bit lubed up with some alcohol and stuff, like you know, shit gets dirty <laughs> and <laughs> messy <wild. laughs> and the conversation gets filthy and, um, you know, like all, there's not a lot of good manners floating around at one of those all girl pool parties. And, um, and that's why they're so fun. And I think that you, like, you really captured that, like that, just that realness in that video. And that's why I love it so much. <laughs> it was really fun. I mean, everything we did. Yeah, it was you know, we were pretty wasted by the, by the end of it. I bet. I, we I did one like that, that too, where I did a part, a backyard party with my friends. Um, and we, that was probably the drunkest I've been in a long, yeah. in a long time. So, you know, it was all worth it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in the end, we, we had extra Pedialyte and stuff for the, the day after. Yeah. I bought a bunch of snacks and I was like, girls, it's going to be a long day. Make sure you eat. <laughs> Make yes. sure you keep drinking water. Like, <laughs> we got to be standing by the end of this. We got to dance at the end. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Luckily, it was kind of like a different group of girls. Like, kind of like the dancers came in later, and they'd all ha- they all had things going on during the day, and so they were they weren't quite as you know sloshed as the daytime girls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they, they had a little bit more in the tank, I guess. <laughs> Well, I love, I love it. I think it's a really fun video. And, um, and, um, one of the things too, that I was reading in your bio is that like, um, that there's a vocal comparison between you and Natalie Maines mm-hmm. and, and I, I can hear that, but what I hear a lot is, is a little bit more, especially on, um, Twinkle. Mm-hmm. I hear Casey Wal- uh, Kelsey Walden. Oh, cool. And- yeah. And Margot Price, like somewhere in between mm-hmm. those two. And, and I, I hate doing vocal comparisons anyway, because like every it hits. They're hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. Our voices always hit people's ears different. And when somebody tells me I sound like somebody, I'm like, really? I don't hear that at all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what like when I was listening to your record again yesterday um, while I was walking, I was like, that that's what I was getting. And, and those are two of my favorites. Anyway, yeah. so um, people, like, uh, yeah. Do you get that comparison a lot though? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I've never had Margaret Price, but it, honestly, several people have mentioned Kelsey Walden to me in that way, and I love her music. I think it's great, and I love seeing her live too. I love her music too, and and one of the things that I love about her voice, which is the same thing that I love about your voice, is that it is. Um, y'all both have a very uh, down home, like real as fuck quality <laughs> about really how you're delivering. <laughs> 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 you know, it's not a put on. Like a lot of the times, I feel like when people are are doing country music, um, 
that even if they're from the South, they'll kind of do a put on with their accent or with their intonation or whatever. And, and I can tell, you know, and so like, and, but I feel like when I'm listening to you, it's all coming from a very, very real place. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, like I said, like growing up on country music and just being, you know, most people think I have a country accent. Like my parents like really have a, you know, really thick accents and it's just all in my family. And even when I try to like, you know, I especially living out West or something about, I remember like learning fun songs that I thought were great that weren't country songs, you know, and I'd be like, let me, let me sing you this song. You know, I want you to hear the song that I just learned something, you know, and I remember people were like, is this a country song? And I'm like, no, no, <laughs> not a country song. <laughs> but it's like I, anything that I sing sounds like that, you know, and I, it may be harder for me to even change my accent singing than, than talking. But yeah, I think anything I sing sounds, is just going to come out sounding like that. I, I sort of had that same thing. Like when I first started writing music, I was trying to, I was trying to write like pop music, mm-hmm. you know, and see, see how I could do with that. And yeah. Every time I wrote a song, it just came out a country song. And I was like, well, I guess, <laughs> I guess that's what we're doing here. <laughs> and and I, and I want to talk about that, too, because um, one of the other things that I love about your bio and and the way you're presenting yourself to the world is you're very unapologetically calling yourself a country artist which is kind of a scary thing to do these days because of what country music radio has become. And as a performer and artist myself, like, you know, I, I throw out, like when people are like, well, what kind of music do you do? I throw out like nine different things. I'm like Americana or alt country or country and, you know, dark country or whatever. So Let's talk about that. Let's talk about what it means to you to just come right out and say that you're a fucking country artist and not apologize for it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some you know, definitely in person though. Like, if sometimes I'll tell people I'm a country artist, and they'll like get a look on their face, and I'm like, like classic. I use the word classic country a lot. Yeah, um, I do too. Because I think that that kind of encompasses you know like maybe all a lot of those words that you were just saying it's like yeah. classic it's not the not you know and they're like not the stuff on the radio I'm like not yeah, yeah. not like on the radio <laughs> um <laughs> yeah I uh I don't know like I think it I think it just has to do too with like not it's I think it's beyond country music I think it's like the state of music in general yeah like it's like the quality it can be so low in the mainstream um, not just in country, you know, or, or I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just like a lot of pop music. Pop music is really popular (laughs) Uh, (laughs) everywhere. (laughs) Rock and pop. Everything is rock and pop, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think it's just like, I think, you know, real Americana, real American music roots based music is just maybe for a deeper listener, you know? And I, and I think that like, I think, that we're gonna, you know, hopefully we're leaning towards like a renaissance in that area where, you know, people are wanting real soulful music and not just like yeah. whatever's on the radio. People want to go deeper. They're like, you know, and, and, you know, as much as, as an artist, we can hate on Spotify for not paying us any money for streaming and whatnot. It's, <laughs> yeah. It is, you know, opening, you know, maybe it helps people find 
new music. YouTube is the same, you know, where we can kind of dig deeper and find, you know, what we, what we really want to hear that like speaks to our hearts and to our souls, you know, and not just the pop thing. So yeah, I, I definitely, you know, as much as I'm like, yeah, I am a country artist. My music is country, you know, country music. And that's what I, what I like to ride and play. Um, you know, I also just want to try to be good quality roots, you know, Americana music. That's, um, that has some depth to it, hopefully, and has some really great players, you know. So one of the things that, like, has sort of been, I'm just curious if we're same-minded about this. One of the things that's sort of been pissing me off lately is whenever <laughs> whenever somebody like you, yourself, like, when you do a country album like you've, like you've made, this great country album with all of these um, wonderful honky-tonk sounds and guitar tones and rhythms and and things like that people want to call it a throwback Mm -hmm. and like that pisses me off because I'm like why like why do we have to take these sounds and these tones and put them in a time capsule and bury them in the fucking ground like I wonder how you feel about that (laughs) since I have unabashedly told you how I feel. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think some people have said that about my record that, you know, it's a good throwback record and it's like good for people that like, like going to the Legion and the Maripolitan awards and things like that. And I mean, I think that that can be true. I think that people definitely associate, you know, the, the, the twang, I guess. And like the sounds of the pedal steel with like, an older sound, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe that's just taste. Like I like that sound, right? You know? I like that sound, and I want to continue using that in my music, you know. And I mean, does it piss me off? I don't know. I like. I just feel like I can't even. <laughs> I'm like, I can't even let it. I can't worry about it, you know. I think, like, I anytime, I think anytime it just, I think anytime something gets compartmentalized like that, especially it's when frustrating art, for sure. Yeah, yeah, like it, it I get real pissy with it because I'm like, I, I don't understand why that, why these sounds have to exist in just one certain time. Like right. they exist very much for me and for you right here today. Right. where we're sitting. And so like, I don't know, like I, I like when I read that sometimes and reviews about other albums, I'm like, what, like, like, why, why do we got to throw, why do we got to throw out the throwback? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I like to think of it more as like, maybe it's more like a comeback than a throwback. <laughs> yeah. There you yeah. go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> well, um, you know, the world is really weird right now like I, we were talking about before we started recording I've been calling it the delta blues yeah. <laughs> is uh um you know making everybody sick again and all that crap but uh so I almost think that this next question is probably not fair but I have to ask are you uh working on any tour plans or are you going to get out in w- the world have you been out yeah. in the world playing yeah I've been out in the world I've been playing uh, mostly in the southeast um, and in Nashville. And, um, so in September, I've got some, like, I've got some more Southeast dates like this month at the end of this month. And then, um, in September, I'm going to play in Merle Fest in North Carolina. Oh, cool. 
And then I've got an Alaska. I've got like two weeks in Alaska, which is I'm playing a festival out there and then doing some kind of local, you know, bar run uh, tour. And then um, <clears throat> I've got a show I'm excited about in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Also at a new venue that I'm really stoked about. And I'm getting my, I'm more for this fall and like this winter, I'm more getting into back into the studio. Okay. But, um, yeah. So I'm kind of, I played, I feel like I played a ton of shows this summer and I'm kind of winding down. Um, so September is going to be really busy, but after September, I'm like slowing down quite a bit. I have like a Florida run in October, but I think that's about it. And um, so, you know, I'm, I have some songs that I know I'm going to go, I'm, I think I'm going to release record an art and like a shorter EP. Uh-huh. And um, I'm kind of, writing right now and in prep to get back into the studio this fall. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. And, and also, you know, Hardliner was put out in June. Is that right? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, June, yeah. And it's doing really well. Like it hasn't been out long and it's doing really well. Like congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. On that. And I'm, sh- and it's going to continue to do well, I'm sure. Um, yeah. So, the, I mean, how, like, how do you feel about that? Are you, are, are you like, well, yeah, I was expecting that. Or are you surprised or? Um, I'm, I'm really happy actually. I, um, I think it's done better than I expected. Um, I wasn't sure. I feel like when I was releasing singles, um, it was so weird, like getting back out into the world and putting myself out there again, like coming out of COVID. And I felt, I felt strange. It was a weird transition for me coming out of COVID and starting to release music. I was yeah, like, same. <laughs> um, this is weird. Yeah. And I felt like almost like nothing mattered. Like it felt really weird. Like it felt like I don't care. No one cares. Like what's going on? Like, I don't know. It felt really strange. But then like after, you know, releasing the record, like, and kind of before that, I was like, I was, had kind of made it through my transition, I feel like, and started feeling really great. Mm-hmm. And um, then Our Love Is Done got put on um, the Indigo Spotify playlist. So I got uh-huh. selected for one of the editorial playlists, which is a, for me, was kind of one of my goals. Like it's a really helpful to get new pe- uh, people to hear your music, you know, yeah. that are like, beyond my sphere, you know, my sphere that I'm already kind of, in and people that already know my music so that's been really helpful and cool and up in my streams and things like that and um yeah it's been I'm really happy yeah that's great that's great and and to everybody who's listening right now too um if you haven't already done it already I want to encourage everybody to follow Hannah Juanita on Spotify because like people don't realize how important it is to get follows Hmm. um, as far as like when, what, you know, labels look at and and things like that. So like um, I've been trying to encourage everybody to, to not only go listen to these artists that I love, but to follow them as well. Um, And I want to, I want to ask you another question and this is probably a hard one. It usually is for me, but um, like I'm asking you all these questions. That I hate when people ask me. <laughs> yeah. the, tables have, the tables have turned. <laughs> yeah. But ha ha, you're in the hot seat now. Um, do you have a favorite song on the album? Oh, um, <clears throat> I, you know, it's kind of changed like throughout, you know, recording and finalizing it all. 
it kind of was fluctuating. Um, I really like time to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. I really, I'm happy with how it really turned out. And um, that's this, I, I released that with Call Yourself My Man as a, like, a little duo thing. Um, and our love is done. Yeah. I really, yeah. I'm like, I'm, I'm really pleased with how, how the recording turned out and the groove and the vibe that's on that song. Um, so yeah. I, I'm trying to pick a favorite one. Um, and maybe I haven't spent, I mean, I've spent like, you know, several weeks with the album, but, um, I, cause I like them all, but one of them that keeps like coming out to me as sort of like the one I keep going back to is call yourself my man. Um, and I, I think may, mainly just because like, man, like I've totally, I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't we all? <laughs> I've been there. It's it's one of those songs, like as a songwriter, I love it when somebody writes a fucking song that makes me go, I wish I had thought of that, you know? Because <laughs> cause that means you're like, you're, you're yeah. you know, you're doing something new and you're, you're doing something nobody else has done and everybody should have thought of that. But, <laughs> but they didn't and you did. And, and I'm so glad that you did because like immediately whenever I realized what the song was about and listening to you hear the lyrics, I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been there. <laughs> yep. So what was that song like, and you don't have to go into any gory, gory details, but was that about <laughs> one person or like just several assholes? <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> that was about one asshole in particular. Yeah. 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 Who turned out not to be an asshole? Who turned out to be better uh, than I thought? Well, that's good. I like to believe in redemption. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, like everybody's been put in that position. So, like, um, totally. And, yeah. and, and for anybody, and his side, you know, like his side of the story wasn't really in there, you know? Yeah. So there's more to the story. For right. Sure. Well, um, tell him to go write a song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this <Yes>. is yours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. We've talked about how maybe there should be, um, you know, like in country music, how there's like response songs. <laughs> yes. You know, um, so we thought maybe, maybe there'll be a response song for that. Yeah. Like he could do the Kitty Wells response. Exactly. To, yeah. <laughs> to this. I think that's fair. I, you know, you get to have your say, he gets to have his, but, yeah. um, but no, I, I really appreciate that song. Cause I, I know what that feels, <laughs> what that feels like. And that's, that's awesome. Um, yeah. I like those kind of like, it can be, it's a little bit of like, you know, a little bit of an anthem song, you know? Yeah. And I I feel like, I feel like it's so relatable. And and that's another thing that I, that I like about your music, because sometimes whenever, whenever people tell me that I need to write more relatable stuff, it makes me recoil because I'm like, I'm like, you know, I'm weird and all this. And I don't know, like, and I don't know if, you know, how to do that. And if I do it, relatable, what, Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. What are other so people like, thinking? I don't know. Like, yeah, ex- exactly. So I'm like, <laughs> I got to do me. And, yeah. and it's, and you know, every now and then I'll, I'll hit one that people can relate to. Right, yeah. <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's just, it's really cool when, um, when you're doing you, but you also strike a nerve and, 
and a, you know, a ton of people can be like, oh yeah, like she's, you know, she's singing my life right now. So yeah. I think that's a big accomplishment. Thank you. Well, I think that our time is up and I was worried that I wouldn't have enough to talk about. Yeah, no. Yeah. You did a great job. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. And I've, I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed getting acquainted with your music and I've enjoyed getting acquainted with you and I hope that we'll meet in person at some yeah, point. I think great. it's weird that we haven't already. I know. Yeah, totally. You did um, look familiar. It's because yeah. like, I don't go out enough. Yeah. My husband's always trying to get me out of the house and I don't, yeah. I don't go out enough. And we're yeah, always I trying can... to make it to Honky Tonk Tuesday and something always comes up. But yeah, um, let me know if, you know, if you're playing, like reach out to me and let me know if you're playing anywhere yeah. around and we'll come see you. Yeah. And um. Uh, thank you for spending time with me today. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, thanks for being here. Shout, um, shout out to Daisy May um, on Hatco. On oh, Hatco. yeah. Yeah they, yeah. they did some work uh, on a on a hat for me. So yeah. um, I, I was and I loved I I have enough T-shirts, but I never think that I do. So <laughs> um, I'm literally the same. I was just in there last week and I got them to fix my hat and I bought a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. See. <laughs> They have cute, they have cute t-shirts too. So, yeah. They do. They do. I mean, yeah. Why would I not wear this all the time? <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you again for, um, for spending time with me and, um, thanks for this gorgeous album. Uh, it's inspiring and it's, uh, and it's very, um, I feel like it's, you know, kind of what the world needs right now. So yeah. cool. congratulations. Thank you. All right. Have a good day. Okay. Bye. Bye. Um, thanks everybody for listening and be sure to go and rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Up next will be Alvin Garrett. Oh.